Hi, and welcome to Lamplighter Podcast. My name is Rebecca, and this is my squirrel friend, Momo. Hello, kids. We have an exciting story for you today. In each of our stories, we are going to learn about one virtue. A virtue is anything that is good and right and true. Virtues are like little lights that shine bright and beautiful in a story. Can I tell them about letters from Momo? Go ahead. I want to send you a real letter in the mail once a month. In my letters, I will tell you more silly forest stories, talk about virtues, and show you a real historical person who practiced that virtue. Oh, and uh, I'll also talk about acorns. If you would like to get letters from Momo in the mail once a month, just ask your adult to visit lamplighterkids.com. If you sign up before the 20th, you will get a letter from Momo for that month. Visit lamplighterkids.com for more information. So, are you ready? Come and listen while we light the way to your imagination. Hi, Momo. I haven't seen you in a while. You must have been having so much fun with your parents this last week. Oh, you bet I was. We did so many fun things together before they left. We searched for acorns and we ate acorns and we read a book that wasn't about acorns, but one of the pictures in the book had an oak tree in the background and everybody knows where acorns come from, so it was a good book. Well, that all sounds very fun. I'm glad you had a good visit with your parents. Me too. But now I'm tired and very full after all that acorny fun. And I'm very ready to listen to the rest of the story now. I want to know what happens to Tariq when he meets the Sultan. And I want to understand what wisdom means. Well, I won't make you wait any longer. Our story begins right after sunrise the next day. Tariq sat on his camel in front of the largest gates he had ever seen. The gates were made of thick, shining metal that had been painted beautifully with gold and red and blue patterns all over. You stay here. I will go tell the guards to open the gate. The man who had been guiding Tariq rode forward on his camel toward the gates. Tariq couldn't believe that this was really happening. Just this morning, he had woken up early, before sunrise, to bathe and eat breakfast with his mother and grandfather. He had wondered if he had only been dreaming the night before, when he had seen all those men telling him that the sultan wanted to speak to him. But sure enough, right as the red sun began to peek over the horizon, there had been a knock at his door. There had been a man from the palace standing right outside his door. He knew then that it wasn't a dream. He said goodbye to his family, then lifted himself onto his camel to follow the royal guide, who was on his own camel, up towards the palace. They had already passed through the outer gates of the first wall. Then they had gone through a pair of smaller gates on the second wall. And now they were standing in front of the third and most glorious gates yet. The gate that led 
to the palace itself. Tariq watched as the beautiful doors began to slowly open and his heart began to beat loudly. He wished he could be back at home right now, sewing one of his saddles and laughing with his family. But then he remembered the words his mother had told him as they ate breakfast that morning. Remember, my son, when the sultan asks his question, just speak the truth to him. Tell him how to walk the path towards good things. That is the wisdom even a sultan needs to hear. His mother was right. His only choice was to keep going forward and to hope that he could help the sultan with his problem. Come, saddle boy, said his guide. Then he turned his camel and walked him through the gates. Tariq had no choice but to follow. As Tariq's camel passed through the wide opening, he suddenly found himself in the most glorious place he had ever seen, the royal gardens. The sweet smells of orange blossoms and jasmine flowers filled the air. Large and small fountains lay everywhere, their shining waters gurgling all around. There were tall palm trees and short fruiting trees and hanging vines that cascaded off of marble walls. He could spot deep red pomegranates, bright yellow lemons, and juicy purple grapes everywhere. Above this glorious green garden stood the sultan's own palace with its smooth white walls and glittering golden spires. It was much bigger up close than he ever imagined. Keep coming, saddle boy. This way, said his guide. Tariq didn't even realize that he had stopped his camel in order to look at everything. He urged his camel forward again, and they walked a smooth stone path through the garden towards the entrance to the palace. When they were near enough, they got off their camels and handed them to a guard, beginning to climb up the many steps toward the great mouth of the palace. As they walked in, the air became much cooler which felt wonderful since the desert day was already beginning to heat up. Tariq couldn't believe the size of everything. The ceiling was as tall as two, maybe three palm trees. There were large windows everywhere, including two large openings in the ceiling, which made it bright and breezy inside. Though the walls and floors were made of the same white stone as the outside, there were colorful fabrics hanging everywhere and thick, beautiful rugs along the floors. He continued to follow his guide, thinking of how soft and bouncy the rugs felt as he walked across them. After walking through more hallways and up some stairs, they finally stood outside the large doors that led to the Sultan's throne room. The doors were dark wood carved and painted with hundreds of beautiful images of lions and soldiers and flowers and food. Tariq wished he could spend some time looking at the beautiful images. The artist who made this must have been one of the best in the city. But then the doors began to open. Tariq closed his eyes and took a deep breath. This was it. Behind these doors was the sultan himself. He remembered the song his mother had sung to him just the night before. Wisdom is what all should seek, no matter if you're a child or king. The sultan, the
the king of this land needed wisdom just as much as any of his friends did. When he opened his eyes, he saw the throne room. There was a long blue path of carpet that led to several steps that led to the sultan's throne, in which was the sultan himself. Tariq's guide walked forward and announced, O oh, great sultan, here is the wise saddle maker that you have requested. Then he bowed, turned around, and left. Ah, oh, good, I have been waiting for you, said the sultan from across the room. Come in and sit here, he pointed to the carpet just under the steps before his throne. Tariq began the long walk up the stretch of carpet. The room was very bright because the walls of the room were lined with large open windows. As Tariq looked out of the windows on one side, he couldn't believe how high up they were. He could see the whole city from up here. The houses looked so small, and the desert surrounding them looked so big. For a moment, Tariq wondered if this was how eagles felt when they soared above his city. He finally arrived before the throne and bent down, resting his knees on the carpet before the sultan. The sultan spoke. You must be wondering why I have called you into my palace. As you know, I have a problem, and my wisest advisors have given me two choices in which to solve this problem. Unfortunately, I cannot decide which choice is best, and neither can my friends or my counselors or anyone in this palace. I cannot sleep, I cannot eat, all because I am so confused and saddened. I am hoping that you can help, if you are indeed as wise as they say. There was a silence while the sultan stared at Tariq. Tariq wondered if he was supposed to say something, but remembered his grandfather had told him that it is better to listen than to speak. So he decided to wait. Then with a deep sigh, the sultan began again. I have always wanted to travel the world and to see the wonders beyond this desert. But as you know, all the cities around us are our enemies. As a sultan, it is far too dangerous for me to travel anywhere. I have tried to forget about traveling, but my curiosity has only grown with my age. What kind of things are out there? I hear stories, and I desire with all my heart to see these wonderful places, to taste the exotic foods, and to ride on strange animals. I have heard stories of large animals with long noses called elephants or elephantes or something like that. I want to see one. And have you ever heard of something that's cold and white and falls from the sky like rain? I, I think they call it flow or snew or something like that. I want to see all these things and more. But how can I do this when all of our neighbors are our enemies? They would not let me, the sultan of another city, walk through their streets. The sultan got up from his throne and paced back and forth. My advisors have told me that there are two choices. The first choice is that I can send my soldiers to all the cities and scare them into giving me all their treasures and foods and interesting items. Then I can enjoy the wonders of the world without the danger of traveling. 
The second choice is that I can go myself with my armies and march through all the cities around us, looking at the wonders there. I will scare them with the greatness of my army, and surely they'll have no choice but to get out of my way and let me see the wonders I so long to see. Now the sultan turned to Tariq and looked him right in the eyes. So, wise saddle merchant, what say you? Should my armies go and steal all the great things of the world for me, or should I go myself and scare the people with my soldiers so that I can travel there? Tariq couldn't believe what he was hearing. Those were the two choices? He knew that neither of these choices were wise. Scaring people was not a way to get what you want. But he also felt nervous to tell the sultan this. Well, speak up, boy. I don't need another statue in my palace, which is what you look like right now. Tariq knew he had to do what was right. Oh, great sultan, I think that both those choices are not good. The sultan raised his eyebrows in surprise. Really? And you think you have better advice than my wisest advisors? That is for you to judge, great sultan. I think there is a third choice for you to see the wonders of the world. Instead of scaring all the people around us, why don't you try making friends with them? Friends? You mean that we are to make friends with the cities around us? The sultan began <laughs> laughing and couldn't stop. I thought I brought you here for some good advice, but I see that I have brought to my palace a comedian instead. <laughs> he continued to laugh and Tariq felt his face getting hot with embarrassment. Perhaps the sultan could not understand wisdom after all. As the sultan's laughter quieted down, he sat back in his throne with a sigh and said, No, that could never work, saddle merchant. Tariq worked up the courage to ask, Well, has anyone tried to become friends with the neighboring cities? The sultan, seeing that Tariq was actually serious and not joking, said, Of course nobody has tried because it's impossible. We have been enemies with the cities around us since my father's, father's, father's time. How do you even begin to make friends when we've been enemies for that long? I don't even know how it all began, but it is impossible to fix. The sultan looked out the window, thinking for a while. At least, I always thought it was impossible. Do you, I mean, is there a way, do you think? If I could become friends with the cities around us, then I could travel without having to scare people. I would be an invited guest, and I could see all the wonders I long to see without fear. Tariq saw excitement begin to grow in the sultan's eyes, so he spoke fast before he changed his mind. There is always a way to make a friend out of an enemy. Why don't you hold a great storytelling banquet here at the palace? You can invite the kings and queens and nobles from all of the closest cities, as well as one storyteller from each city. They can all come here, eat good food, listen to beautiful music, and then everyone can sit and listen to the stories from each other's lands. It's hard to stay enemies with someone once you know their stories, their histories. 
With the friendly invite and the foods and the stories, perhaps our enemies can finally become our friends. The Sultan stared at Tariq with a very serious face that slowly turned wrinkly with a large smile. Suddenly, the Sultan stood up and yelled, This is it! This is it! Nobody has ever thought of this before. This is truly wise advice. It would be good for me and good for our neighbors. I could become friends and then travel to see their lands. We shall have a storytelling banquet. The next few hours went by extra fast for Tariq. The sultan wanted him to stay at the palace for the day to help him plan his storytelling banquet. Tariq couldn't believe that the sultan had listened to his wisdom. He hoped his plan would work and that the neighboring cities would accept their invitations. He knew they would find out soon enough. The day of the banquet came and the leaders and storytellers from all the nearest cities arrived at the palace. They were happy to be greeted by friendly faces, tables full of food, and beautiful music. At first, everyone was a bit quiet, wondering how, after all these years, their cities could become friends again. But as the night wore on and their tummies were filled, they began to talk and laugh with each other. Then the storytellers began their entertainment. Each storyteller came from a different city and told wonderful stories of their histories, animals, and cultures. Some storytellers were so funny that everyone laughed until they cried. Some storytellers told such sad stories that even the strictest-looking kings were blowing their noses in the end. It was a wonderful time, and they all felt like they had made good friends by the end of it. Tariq and his mother and grandfather were, of course, invited to the banquet. The sultan had recently made Tariq one of his official royal advisors and would often call him to the palace to ask for his advice. As Tariq pulled another piece of hot flatbread from the table and dipped it in a curried yogurt sauce, he smiled. He saw how well everyone was getting along and felt very humbled to be here. Not only had he helped the sultan, but he had also made everyone from all the cities around them become friends. He knew that without the teachings of his mother and grandfather, none of this would ever have happened. As he was thinking this, the crowd grew quiet. Tariq saw that the sultan himself had stood up, ready to speak. My good neighbors, thank you all for coming tonight. My dream has always been to travel and to see the world beyond this desert. I never thought it was possible, that it was much too dangerous, but now that we all know each other, I have already gotten many invitations to your cities and villages. The crowd smiled, and some even clapped at this. I look forward to my visits with much excitement, and I hope that we and our children and their children can be friends for many years to come because of this night. The sultan sat down to the sound of many cheers, and then instruments began to play, and a singer's voice rose into the night. 
Father leaned in close to Tariq as the song ended and said, You did very well, my grandson. Wisdom's voice is always calling people toward goodness. You can see it on the faces of the people tonight. Also, this is the best food I've ever had in my life. Keep giving your wise advice, please, because I want to keep getting invited to these banquets. And with that, Grandfather happily began to eat again while Tariq and his mother laughed. It was the perfect ending to a perfect night. That story makes me hungry. Hungry? I thought you were tired and full after all the eating you and your parents did. What? That was a long time ago, back when we started this story. Now that banquet made me hungry again. But before I eat, I still want to know exactly what wisdom means. And I'm sure you're not the only one. Our virtue in this story was... Wisdom. Wisdom is a deep knowledge of all the things that are good and true. Wisdom doesn't come from yourself, though. It's something that you can learn as you grow. You can learn it through the adults in your life, or you can learn it through good books that you read. Oftentimes, just like in our story today, wisdom comes from a lot of people that lived life before us and found many good and true things to teach us. All right, it's question time. Question one. Can you think of somebody wise in real life or in a story? What wise decisions did they make? Question two. What could have happened if the Sultan didn't listen to Tariq's wise advice? Okay, I'm sorry to say, but I think I need to go find a snack. I'm still thinking of all the food at that great banquet. That's fine with me, Momo. I know you get a bit snacky whenever I talk about food in my stories. And I think we all know what you're going to snack on, too. Really? Wow, you must all be very smart. Well, we hope you all enjoyed the last part of our story today. We look forward to sharing another one with you very soon. for listening to Lamplighter Podcast today. If you liked our story, please leave us a review. It really helps other listeners find these stories. If you're interested in subscribing to Letters from Momo, just visit our website at lamplighterkids.com. I also love to hear from my listeners. 
you can email me anytime at lamplighterkids at gmail.com.